Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Inspire Club, brought to you by Inspiring Workplaces. Here in the UK, spring has sprung uh, and sunnier times are ahead, we hope, uh, as well as maybe a bit of freedom from what has basically been a a year-long lockdown. Um, We have had periods where we've been set free. Uh, I'm still amazed that I was able to get married during one of those, those brief windows of time. But um, updates from me and my, and my life, I suppose. Co- my co-host, Ruth Dance, uh, did the last episode with Emma Bridger. So in that time, I've gone and bought a house, um, which is really exciting. It wasn't on the agenda uh, for at least another two to three years. But my father-in-law sent us a link to a, for a big project, something, again, I never wanted to do. Um, I liked just moving in and, and, and cracking on with life. So we've bought a house, a big project that's going to take about seven months to renovate. So I'm currently doing this podcast in lockdown, and this is for posterity more than anything, from my old teenage bedroom, um, living with my mum, my brand new wife and my brand new puppy. Um, So things are a bit stressful. I think you probably quite safe at life in my (laughs) things in my life right now, Um, but really exciting. We think we're thinking, let's just get all the stuff that usually causes the most stress in life out the way during the most stressful period in a century. So um, I'm really looking forward to this chat with somebody that always has a smile and looks like you know, the spring has sprung when every time I see her. And so to our guest, Fiona Spencer. Um, Fiona is a strategist at home, uh, the leading employee experience agency. Um, before embarking on her adventure, uh, agency adventure, should I say, uh, Fiona looked after internal comms at global technology brand Dyson uh, and went on to set up the IC function at fashion retailer Superdry, both brands I love um, and have, have bought. Uh, working at home is her first agency role uh, and is already working with some of the world's leading organisations. And, and she's also been an integral part of building and launching Home EX. Uh, which is Home's pioneering employee experience subscription service, Uh, the tongue twister for Monday morning, Um, designed to inspire, upskill and build community. Uh, If you haven't seen it, it's it's crazily good. Um, There is so so much on it. Um, I've eyes eyes green with envy about how they've been able to build so so much. So I really would recommend checking it out. even cooler uh, is actually Fiona's a classically trained singer, uh, and its music is a is a first love. So can't wait to ask her those questions. And when she's not working, she's usually found singing uh, with her chamber choir or, or listening to the Smiths. And that's why I'm going to deviate from our first ever question. I'm going to say hello, Fiona. How are you? Hello. That was quite the intro, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and this is going to be a break from tradition. Uh, tradition with at the Inspire Club. What's your favourite Smith song? What's the song you sing? Oh, there is a light that never goes out. Has to be. I've actually got a big print of it in our living room at home. I just love it. I would actually. Um, so funny enough, Matt. Um, I was meant to get married last year, but I didn't. So I've done the opposite to you. That we've um, we've postponed <laughs> it until next year now. Um, so I have been dying for that to be our first dance. And my other half was like, "You cannot have a song about getting hit by a bus as your first dance song." <laughs> happen so um but I would I absolutely would because I love it <laughs> well you, you've got time to work on him um we we had uh I'm not sure I'm supposed to say this but because we we had our marriage 
with just our parents, and it was beautiful and probably the way I'd like to have done it. But my wife's still got her dream wedding in mind, and we're going to do do that. But in probably five, we said five years. We just said we'd postpone it once, then postpone it a second time, and we said this thing's supposed to be fun <laughs> um, yeah. rather than stress. Will it happen? So we just went five years. So we're gonna have a big party in five years. But we 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 dance to. Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. So, um, which I think I might get shot now for saying because we were going to do that in five years' time as well. But we'll, ha- we'll have to come up with another song. Um, oh, it'll still be good. Do it twice. Why not? <laughs> well, I also I'll save the the podcast. My impression. I I love the Smiths, and I always sing a ra- dance around singing um, this charming man and and the pitch and tone that I think resembles Morrissey's voice. So I will never ever <laughs> <laughs> replicate that on here. I promise. Um, but anyway, to our first first real question of of the, of the podcast and the only role of Inspire Club, um, can you share a story of someone who's inspired you in the world of work and why? Yes. So this is a really tricky question. I kind of spent a lot of time thinking about it. And um, it's not often that you actually kind of stop and look back on your whole career and try and think about all the different people that you've met. So it's a really lovely question just to take that time and do it. And um I say that I'm kind of inspired every day because I work in a female-owned and female-run business at home. Um, so Carol Whitworth, our founder, and then Hattie Roach and Liz Clover, our co-MDs, um, are always kind of inspiring me to think differently. And it's just really nice to see kind of women in those roles and doing great things. Um, but the name that I kept coming back to, even though we're kind of politically not necessarily aligned, <laughs> is James Dyson. So um, when I graduated my first job was working for the James Dyson Foundation and um, that's Dyson's charity which is set up to inspire the next generation of engineers Um, and you can imagine Matt I'm coming out of university with an English degree and suddenly I'm talking to engineers about engineering and that was all a bit strange and wild but um, at the time that role sat within the comms team so I used to do a bit of PR internal comms CSR but spent the majority of the time with the charity and James was the trustee So I used to sit right outside his office um, and we'd regularly spend time kind of preparing different proposals or working on um, lobbying the government about design and technology education um, and occasionally just doing kind of like op-eds for newspapers and all that kind of stuff. So I found myself a 22-year-old graduate suddenly spending lots of time with James Dyson, um, which is really quite strange. Um, But I think what was inspiring about that and what is something that's kind of guided me in my career, which is why I had to pick him, um, is to do with embracing failure and that whole ethos about the fact that you can actually learn more when things go wrong than when things go right. And um, it's always okay to kind of challenge the status quo just to make things better and do things a bit differently. Um, And I think the other thing is that James is like really set on working and hiring young people. Um, So while sometimes I'd be having that kind of imposter syndrome voice in my head saying like, how am I doing this? Um, James would be happy to send me off to do lectures at Cambridge University or um, to, I consulted on the design and technology GCSE curriculum with the education secretary on his behalf. And again, that, you know, that's all totally bizarre. And, and without having an engineering background, I thought, how has this happened? But the point is I knew him and I knew what his desires were and I was able to communicate that and to do that to make it happen. So um, I guess I just learned really quickly that you don't necessarily have to have decades of experience to go out and do good things in the world. And I never tried not to let my age or my gender or anything like that hold me back. So I know he's probably a bit of a weird choice, but like, he was the first person that um, I kind of thought of and I kept coming back to. Well, I, not a not a weird choice. It's a fantastic, fantastic story. And 
uh, glad they had such a positive impact. I think, I think you know, I just loved, I just love listening to that. I think one of the things that we try and talk about within in our team all the time is just try, just try something, and and that is the embracing failure. You, if you don't try, you'll never know, and and it's amazing where where it can take you um and the journey you can go on and what usually then comes out of that is, is other great ideas um so you know where you might go start, start on one journey and then you might go end up at a totally different destination but it's it's fantastic and i, I absolutely love hearing the embracing failure piece um and and challenging and being curious because i keep coming back to this on my podcasts all the time but asking why and um being a rebel and always just changing, challenging conventions. So thank you so much for that story. Um, uh, and we will uh, thank you, James. James is, is, is he Sir James Dyson? I, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. We, that, there came a bit of a laugh amongst my friends that, that I'd be like, oh, James said, and they'd all be like, <laughs> first name terms. Yeah, well, like, well, thank you, Sir James, for, for inspiring Fiona. Um, and what a great, what a f- great first gig out of university. Um, Wow. Um, so what, what's your why? What, what drives you on a daily basis? Um, I'm just really lucky because I genuinely love my job. Um, and it's something I bang on about all the time to anyone who listens. So um, I think my why is that I'm really passionate about the fact that work doesn't have to be difficult and uncomfortable and work can actually really fit within your life. And actually, you'll work much better and deliver better things um, if you're really enjoying it and, and you're making it an environment that, that's kind of good and healthy for you and everyone around you so I think I'm really passionate about helping organizations to identify what's not working and finding ways to improve that um you know I see my friends working in really poor environments and I just really don't think it has to be like that for anyone or in any sector so I'd really like to make that a reality and then I think beyond that on a personal level I'm driven to be really great at it and that was why I wanted to come and work in an agency um, just to kind of push that and to work with people who are really the best in the game. And um, that's something that I feel like I found in home and that's probably why I'm enjoying it so much. So, yeah, I think that's my why. Awesome. Well, lo- long may that continue. Uh, and, yeah, Hattie and Liz and, and Carol, all, all inspiring in their own ways. So, um, yeah, th- fantastic team to be working with. Um, what, so what, for you, what's a major workplace pri- priority right now? I mean, I guess there's kind of only one answer to this at the minute, which I think is working out what the future of work looks like in your organisation. Um, and I think what I keep kind of reminding people of at the minute is that the people who are returning to your office in the weeks and months to come are not the same people that they were 12 months ago. Like we've all been through so, so much and experienced a totally different way of working. Um, some of us love it and some of us don't. But either way, we've proved that it's possible. And, you know, I think going back and trying to move backwards just isn't an option. So practically, I think that means listening to your people, asking what they want and then looking at how to implement that in a way that fits for both of you. Um, And it's also about upskilling line managers. So supporting them in leading hybrid teams and um, kind of taking a look at that end to end employee experience and thinking about how your culture comes to life across all of those different touch points, whether they're working remotely or whether they're in the office and together um, and it's really good to see organizations kind of starting to embrace that and think about what that might look like because um, something that's not always talked about in these terms but I think is like really important and why we really need to do this right now is that flexibility is a key route to a truly inclusive workplace that traditional nine-to-five actually doesn't work for so many people 
like for parents, for carers, or, you know, just people that don't necessarily want to work at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, they, they exist. So the more we can do to create healthy cultures right now, whilst we have the opportunity, the better. Um, it's just a real like pivotal moment for our industry, I think. So um, yeah, I guess researching and implementing new structures that are going to be fit for the future. Fantastic points. Um, not, not, the, not the same people returning and also not the same expectations. <laughs> that people's expectations have changed. Um, and and I, it's, it's interesting seeing all the posts on LinkedIn right now, you know, what, what, should, what should it look like when we're returning? And it just beggars belief that when it's just not saying offer choice, be flexible and empower your people to work when they want to work. After a whole year of should be going back to how it was, should it be totally at home? No, <laughs> it should be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it should be. If you've not learned that, you need to give the people the, your best tools and flexible ways of working to enable to perform at their best for you and your organisation. Then I think there's no hope for some people. Um, uh, uh, although I, I, I genuinely believe there's hope for everybody. Um, and, <laughs> and it's quite, it's quite, it's quite, quite exciting in a sense that. It was my own experiences, probably the negative experiences of the workplace, that made me start my own, my own business uh, to give me give me my own freedom and flexibilities. Um, so you say some people don't want to work at nine. I don't want to work at five pm. Um, I'd rather work <laughs> earlier and, and finish earlier. Um, just a hint to anybody listening out there who might contact me about five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but now, hopefully, people won't necessarily need to go start their own businesses. They might be able to get what they need to work and perform within their own within within, within their own workplace so uh let's hope that the future is, is bright on that in that sense um once we get out of lockdown um i'm still not confident about the dates that the government are banding around um, in fact i just don't listen to them i i just whenever i have somebody stop knocks on my bedroom door and says now you can leave then that that's when i'll leave um so, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a, a good one I'd like to revisit, actually, and um, having bought a house, and I think you've just said you've bought a house too. Um, what's the best way of beating stress, in your opinion? I mean, I think it's different for everyone, but for me, it's carving time for myself every single day, and it's exercising. So I go for a walk, and the walking thing is definitely a lockdown um, thing and it's something that I'm keeping because I go for a walk every day listen to a podcast just get outside get some fresh air clear my head um and then I'll try and do some exercise probably like I don't know five times a week ish if I can which I know sounds like a lot but I do it for my brain I 100% do it for my brain I just I feel so much better when I do it I never regret it and I think at the minute it's just really punctuates the day and I really do enough sitting down at the rest of the time <laughs> like sitting on my sofa has become the norm so um so I think it's that and, and actually as um as you said we've just bought a house that we're renovating and I, I said to my other half I, I need to keep the exercise part I don't want to stop doing that when when we're doing the house like because I just I just got into a really good routine and habit with it and um, it's something I just want to keep doing because I don't feel stressed and I think that's it's helped me to kind of manage all of those things so I think it's just about discipline I know that's really boring <laughs> but it is and it's um it's a learned habit for me but something that I've kind of got quite good at I think so yeah boring answer but exercising. No, it, it's it's true <laughs> I, I I I need to do a lot of exercise because lockdown hasn't been kind but since moving in to my old home um, 
uh, we we went personal stuff here. We were never allowed a dog, um, and I finally, uh, as as growing up, and uh, so we've moved back in uh, to a house where I was never allowed a dog with a dog, uh, a puppy no less, who's very boisterous. So I've been getting up at six a.m. Uh, every morning and taking him off for an hour long walk to nap to take a bit of the energy out of out of him for being around my mum all day, um, <laughs> and it's been fantastic. It, it, I, I come back really relaxed um, and and having had that one hour walk with my phone is not with me. And yeah, I, I having trying to get into that routine now, I need to do more than just the hour walk. But yeah, I, I'd really endorse what you're saying about just getting out and having some exercise and just getting away from the house is so, it's so important. Um, what, what do you think, and you've obviously had some fantastic le- uh, people you've worked with, but what's the most important quality in a leader in, in your eyes? I think it's probably empathy. Um, and I think there's things that kind of flow on from that. But I think if you can understand where your team are coming from, then you'll be better able to make the decisions that are right for them, but also to be able to communicate with them better. So I think, you know, there's other things that come into it, but the empathy is a kind of the starting place. Um, and I also think it's a muscle that you really grow as a leader. And as you get to know your team, once you crack it, you build that trust and loyalty and create a positive team environment. Um, and it, it takes time, but it's just kind of trying to take yourself into their shoes and think about what they might be thinking um, before you make any decision so I, I think it's empathy that's something that's kind of consistent with all the best leaders that I've had that's fantastic a muscle you really need to grow and I suppose exercise quite quite often to um to make it more powerful no I've, yeah I, I wholeheartedly agree um um I suppose let's, let's see what where else we could go to right now what's your go-to productivity trick um, I think it's probably list making. So I'm a real scribbler. I, I've tried all these online versions, but just nothing beats my notepad and my pen. <laughs> so um, I'll make a list. I prioritize what's on it. Sometimes I'll plug that into my diary to block that time because it gives me a kind of short, sharp deadline. And that's definitely when I'm at my best. I am someone who leaves things until I've only just got just enough time to do them, which um, probably not my favorite thing about myself, but it's something I recognize in myself. So I'm able to manage it. So um, yeah, I think it's just kind of trying to get those chunks into the day um, to make that happen. I want to talk with a kindred spirit about leaving things to the last minute. It, is it the danger? Uh, what, what, what is it about giving yourself that stress and anxiety? I think it is, it's got to be something to do with that. I think it's a bit of the adrenaline of, um, I don't know. I think it's just focus as well. Like when I know I don't have a choice, I have to do it. So there's no other option. You can't go off just like fiddling around with different things. You just have to do it right now. And I think that's what it is for me. Um, but it's got to be something in that. Adrenaline. It's, it's, I think it's like, it's almost a bad habit. And yet it works quite well for me. And I can be quite productive. So, um, you know, I guess everyone's different, aren't they? That's definitely my one. <laughs> the, the, the new bungee jumping, leaving everything to the end, the adrenaline rush. <laughs> I, I cannot think of anything worse than doing a bungee jump. I've watched, uh, my other half's done one. I've seen pictures of it. I've seen a video of it. I can't even look at him doing it. I just, that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> Um, awesome. So, okay, let, let's go. Let's move on to uh, some more personal stuff now. Um, a bit like the Smiths. Um, if you'd be a t- if you're a teacher, what would you teach? Uh, probably English. That's what I studied at university. Um, but 
the reason I picked it is that I think actually books are a really great way to kind of covertly teach life lessons, history, empathy with cultures, like you name it really. Um, so I think I just try and make, you know, kids fall in love with either reading books or listening to books because when I was at school, if you didn't like to read, then you didn't necessarily kind of get into things like that. Whereas actually we've got so many audiobooks and podcasts and other ways to kind of get into that now. Um, but it is a way to just learn different things in a way that's kind of stimulating and, and interesting. So um, and I had a really great English teacher who like, there's no doubt that without her kind of encouragement and um, kind words, I, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So um, I think being able to bring that to someone else, is like one of the best things that you can do. I think such a great profession so probably English fantastic uh quick quick snap question then what's your favorite book oh god that's a really hard question I know I know I won't hold you to it oh I don't know I'm reading at the minute I'm reading um girl woman other which is absolutely amazing I really love um untamed by Glennon Doyle um lots of different things really but I've really got back into it trying to read I tried to read like a book a month last year yeah. which I didn't quite manage for obvious reasons but just having that kind of like impetus made me start to think a bit more broadly about what I like to read um everything I know about love Dolly Alderson another great book um so lots of different things so people can come and ask me and we'll start yeah. a covert book club because <laughs> I'm always looking for ideas as well it kind of comes back down to discipline again, like you were saying, with exercise. Because every time I read a book, I love reading the book. <laughs> I genuinely love reading, but I don't. I don't just. I don't put it into my my day to day. Um, and it's pretty quite very simple, just to have half an hour at the end of the day to read a book. Reading before bed is so good for sleep. Uh, if you're not, you know, I'm not someone who. I used to be someone who drift off really easily, but for some reason, I'm not anymore. So I find when I read, I sleep so much better, and that another it's like another incentive to do it so um, put it beside the bed that's my top tip <laughs> top tip and that means you put your phone down which also helps with sleep too because of the blue blue light so there you go you can thank Fiona for your better sleep um so okay uh, early bird or night owl um night owl but I really wish I wasn't I I'm just not a morning person I force myself I get up and, and move um but it's not my I, I'm not a nice person in the morning I don't think or it's not that I just don't really talk much <laughs> I'm just like quietly just adjusting to the day and I do find myself more awake in the evening sadly um but yeah night owl I love that 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 might be the the quote that we have on social media not really a more morning person I do get up and move <laughs> Well, I saw there's something on the internet isn't there that's like I'm not an early bird or a night owl I'm some kind of permanently exhausted pigeon <laughs> I think that sometimes I fall into that because you know I don't want to I don't I can't capitalize on my evening activities that's just not the, the day that I have so you know sort of floating around okay now this I know I I know this is a very hard question so uh we won't hold you to it either well that's I might I have a inkling what it might be um What's your favourite album, um, and what what do you what song do you put on to get you fired up? I thought about this a lot. This is so tricky for me, and it's partly because because I kind of enjoy pretty much every single genre of music. I can't really think of one that I don't like. It's really hard to kind of pin down on just one. So I thought about the album that I always go back to and listen to a lot, and that I've listened to kind of for my whole life. Um, so I've gone for Fleetwood Mac. Rumours. Um, my mum 
loved it when when well she still does we went to see them last year it must have been the year before now actually I'm losing track of time in this strange <laughs> lockdown blending of, of years but um it's just a great album it's a classic you can't go wrong with it so um that's probably my favorite album although there's lots of other contenders um, I nearly picked a Nina Simone album that um is kind of a family classic for us as well and then I think in terms of song that gets me going um I've gone for Stevie Wonder Sir Duke because as soon as it starts, it's you want to dance. Like it's so uplifting, and I think there's also lots of different settings that you can listen to it too. So um, I, I've gone for that one. I nearly went for Chemical Brothers Go. That would be my like backup. That's one that's a bit more like I don't know feisty, I suppose. But um, Sir Duke's just pure joy, so that's why I picked that. We might sneak both of those onto our playlist because they are yes, both absolutely like brilliant songs for different reasons. Wild. Yeah, um, <laughs> "Go" is my wife's favorite Campbell Brothers song. Um, it's and awesome. And but Sir Duke, I've now got the trumpets in my head at the beginning. Yes. You <laughs> yeah, you'll have all day. As soon as I finish talking talking with you, Fiona, I'm off to listen to Sir Duke. Um, and Fleetwood Mac rumors, yeah, wow, um, absolutely amazing. I watched a. Uh, a documentary with Brian Johnston, who uh, from ACDC is doing a, he goes and visits some of his old musical friends called Life on the Road, and he went to see Mick Fleetwood living in Hawaii now, um, in in up on top of a volcano that looks like the Gloucestershire countryside, um, and they talked all about rumours and the band, and yeah, it's just I think aside from all the amazing songs on that album, it's the fact how it was made as well makes it even more you know intriguing and everything that went on um they're really good how they did that <laughs> how do you put those personal things aside and create music like that it's crazy but maybe that's why who knows you know and like the, the chain those songs that come out of that then because of every, everything else going on and them all singing it in the way they're singing it. absolutely amazing i'm getting goosebumps talking about it so um great song choices thank you so much um what's the funniest thing that's happened to you recently I really struggled with this one <laughs> which is such a sad indictment of my life but it's just you know lockdown isn't it there's not as much fun and games as normal but um all I kept thinking about is just um my mum um, my mum in general <laughs> my mum's Irish and um she's just got that lovely like Irish charm that makes everything she does really funny and every zoom we've had with her lately has just involved her saying something completely daft that's made us all laugh. So I, I kind of want to be there situations, but just my mum is my funniest thing in my life right now. <laughs> Your Irish mum. Oh, I can, I can imagine, imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, sounds fantastic. Sounds fantastic. Um, Favourite film you can just turn on and watch? Uh, I've gone for 500 Days of Summer. Um, I just, really love it if you haven't watched it I really recommend it it's got an amazing soundtrack which also features the Smith so obviously that makes me happy but um I just love I love the characters I love the way that it builds it also like moves backwards and forwards in time um so it's just really like creatively done and it's such a it's just a brilliant film really easy watch great acting I love it it's great is that the one with Zoe Deschamel or am I saying that name right or wrong that is Joseph Levitt What's his name? Joseph Hugh, Hewitt Levitt or something like that. Gordon, um, Gordon Levitt. Gordon Levitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fella. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's great, and it's uh, set in LA, so it's just it's a great film. Really enjoy it. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll have five hundred days of summer 
and uh, once we get out of lockdown. Um, something you've done and will never do again. So weirdly, my question to this is really similar to the answer that you gave on your episode um, of the podcast, Matt, because I did a zip wire in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. And in fairness, I think I probably would have enjoyed it, except for the fact that I got myself stuck on the first wire um, because um, I was wearing one of those plastic poncho things, as you do in the rainforest, you know, the the only outfit choice. Um, And as I started the zip wire, my poncho just started filling with air and that meant I couldn't see the end of the wire and then to open your legs, you slow down. So I kind of thought, what am I going to do here? So I let go with one hand and like swatted the air out of my poncho. But as I did that, it made me swing out to the side and then just slowly come to a stop at the top of the rainforest on the very first wire. And some man had to like pull his way out across the wire and push me to the other side. And I just stared at the sky the whole time because I could see the tops of the trees. And I thought, if you look down, you are going to freak out. So I just didn't. I just stared at the sky. And then, as you know, once you've done one, you've then got about 12 wires to get to the bottom. So I had to keep doing it. <laughs> it's just my mum and dad were watching from the side. They said there's just a little pink dot like dangling above the rainforest. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I'm not sure I'd do that again, although maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can't, I enjoyed the zip wire thing. It was just this stupid rope swing at the jump it was like the reverse bungee where you jump feet first at the end that, that again I blame my blame my wife she went oh let's I'll do that and then she hated it more than I did um so I went I, I only did it because you walked out first and I had to follow you know so um peer, peer pressure where, where where in Costa Rica oh gosh that's a really good question we traveled around a bit we went into San Jose and then we went to the cloud forest we did like rainforest, you know, turtles and by the water and stuff. And then we went into the cloud forest. We went near the volcano. So that, was it Monte Verde, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, well, we've done the same one then. There you go. Uh, at different times of life. Um, <laughs> so this might be the answer to the next question. I don't know. Maybe the zip, the zip line had a, had a negative impact on Costa Rica. But where's the best place you've ever visited? I think it probably is Costa Rica. <laughs> Pura Vida. It's just, yeah, I, I, and I think also because I, I didn't really know that much about it before I went, and I think that really helped because you don't have any expectations, and just everywhere I went, it just kind of blew my mind that it was so, like, beautiful and all the wildlife and stuff. Um, so I think it's got to be there, but I think if there's anywhere that I'm kind of thinking about now where I'm like, I need to go there as soon as I can, it's California. It has to be because we did a road trip out there um 2018 um and we got engaged in Malibu so it's like a special place and I'd really like to go back and you know just spend a bit more time there and we've got some friends that live out there in Monterey as well um so oh it's just a beautiful beautiful part of the world um great food great people great weather so hopefully in the not too distant future we might get back out there fantastic um yeah um have you have you gone whale watching in Monterey or yeah, we went out on what do you call it? Those little orange boats. Um, yeah, we and, and it's amazing what you see, and you can sometimes see them from the coast, like even when you're not out on a boat. There's so many of them. It's just oh, it's just stunning. I absolutely love it there. That, that's that's my first flight booked. That I'm, well, we had one, we had one for New York in June because um, Ivy uh, was hopefully going to be is a, supposed to be a bridesmaid for one of her American friends in New York, um, but it looks like that's going to come around too soon. Um, so that might be yet another flight that we have to get a refund for. Um, but the next one we've got booked is um, 
Los Angeles because my brother has had a, my first ever niece um, during lockdown with his husband. And um, so we're hoping to get out there 1st of October. And it'll be the first time I've ever been to LA as well because he's moved from Boston to LA during this lockdown too. So uh, he's he's had done hasn't done things by halves either. Um, so um, I'd love, love to get to see Malibu. It always looks so, so amazing. So beautiful um well i'll send you my restaurant recommendation and then monterey i think that's home to my the golf course i want to play the most pebble beach oh, it's also got an amazing aquarium weirdly and i know that sounds a bit strange because you're like right next to the sea and aquariums are inside but it is amazing it's by far the best one i've ever been to so i highly recommend D- done on the list um and okay your last question um so, had so much fun so thank you very much but who would you uh who would you recommend we try and get on the spy club um oh gosh again quite a hard question i'm gonna I've, I've got two answers the first one is um glennon doyle who i mentioned earlier because she wrote this book called untamed which is i just I, i've never read something like that where i've really like had to keep putting it down to think about what i've just read because it really changed my perspective on certain things and it's basically it's kind of a memoir it's all about how um, we all strive to be this thing and keep pushing and pushing and pushing when actually if we just took a minute and listened to the voice inside of us rather than the voices outside of us and we might make different decisions and and not be kind of pushing our lives into this certain direction because it's what we think we should be doing. Um, and it's just like really beautifully written and um, really funny and it's a really great read. So I highly recommend that. I think she'd be brilliant on this because she just talks about, um, you know, cultural expectations and, and the pros and cons of that and how you can navigate that and align yourself with what they are so that everything kind of fits together so she'd be great but my second answer to that is absolutely carol whitworth who um, is the founder of home um because she will be full of stories and i'm sure she'd like love to come on at some point and tell you all about home but also about her band doreen doreen um which are an 80s mashup cover band who i saw at glastonbury a couple of years ago um and they're a riot so uh yeah carol would be great too <laughs> uh, Car- Car- carol's carol is amazing um comes from the similar part of the world to my mum uh the northeast so Northumberland County Durham way or it used to be count yeah so um yeah no Carol's awesome but Glennon Doyle it sounds very interesting um that will I'm gonna go look up that book as well actually uh it sounds like a journey that we all go on yeah a journey we all go on to try and find listen to the voice inside rather than all the stuff around us it's um yeah that's very very good advice and a great place to end so Fiona it was we recorded this everybody at Monday at eleven a.m. So for not a mon- not a morning person and on a Monday, I congratulate you for having being an amazing guest. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, well, well, we'll be back. There's lots going on uh, with inspiring workplaces um, over the coming months. We've got a, a really exciting announcement coming uh, very very soon uh, that will impact people all over the world um, positively. We hope so. Uh, watch this space we'll be back again with another episode of Inspire Club very soon take care bye bye